You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to our season debut of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Gorgeous day here in downtown Minneapolis. Target Field is quiet for now, gearing up for the home opener here on Thursday against Seattle. The Twins, of course, are wrapping up a weekend series in Milwaukee. The rubber game today. Twins losing in heartbreak fashion on Thursday, 6-5 and 10, but winning last night 2-0 behind. Brilliant pitching yet again from Jose Brios, not to mention Byron Buxton off to a magnificent start himself. I'm Corey Provis. Hope you're enjoying your Easter Sunday, your Easter holiday weekend. And thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your weekend plans. And our guest to kick off our show and our season, we welcome in the president of the Minnesota Twins. Always great to chat with President Dave St. Peter. Dave, it's Corey at Target Field. Thanks for joining us. Happy holidays. Hey, Corey. Uh, it's good to hear your voice and uh, excited to be with you today. Yeah, great to catch up with you. And, I, you know, the thing I wanted to begin with on the show is as I'm, we're watching the games, of course, not traveling yet with the team. Hopefully that changes as we uh, move along, but just watching, you know, the drama and perhaps history unfold. If you were going to bid on, on a Dave St. Peter watch party as you're watching a Twins baseball game, what what would that be like? Oh, boy. You know, I'm not sure anybody would want to experience that. Those that do uh, know that I tend to ride to a, I'm a little too emotional during games. Um, but, uh, no, it's, um, it's fun. I'm excited, obviously the start of a new season I think everybody is and I think the start of this baseball season maybe more so than any other season I can remember uh, you know symbolizes hope and it goes well beyond baseball that that perhaps we're returning uh, towards some level of normalcy across our region across our country and uh, for that uh, I think we all can be excited to see what uh, what transpires here over the next several months so uh, we're off to obviously off and running in Milwaukee and Detroit uh, this week, but then uh, Thursday's game will bring a new set of emotions and new celebration of of the home opener in Minneapolis, and we can't wait to uh, to host fans back at Target Field. I'm glad you hit on that because I wanted to go there next about fans being back inside the ballpark uh, in Milwaukee. I think it's about a 25 percent cap. So about 11,000, 12,000 fans. And even Kepler was saying yesterday that it felt like it was even more. He enjoyed being heckled once again out in right field. But you were in spring training. You were down at Hammond Stadium when, when spring training began. Mm-hmm. And to see fans back inside uh, the spring training complex, how much did that mean to you? Wow, um, a, a lot more than I thought it was going to mean. I knew it would be huge, but just the limited number of fans we had in Fort Myers running about 2,000 to maybe 2,500, um, you know, the, for those of us that were in the ballpark that first game, it was a bit emotional. It, it um, you, you know, we knew last year playing the truncated year was going to be different. Um, I've always described the environment kind of being soulless, and, uh, you know, I the fake crowd noise I think wears on you over time, so – Actually, having the buzz of the crowd, 
um, you know, having some of the smells of, of, of a ballpark, you know, the hot dogs and such, uh, um, those are things that you just couldn't replicate in a, in a fanless environment. So uh, having 10,000 fans at Target Field is going to be spectacular. We wish it would be more. We're confident it will be more. Uh, but for now, it, uh, it, it, uh, it it's what we have, and we're going to do everything we can to put on a great show for those folks. And, Dave, it was about almost a month ago, and I may be off by a day or so, that, uh, that we found out here back home, uh, Governor Walls announcing what capacity could be uh, for Target Field, for other outdoor venues. So when you found out that fans indeed officially will be back and will start at about a 10,000 uh, capacity, at least this first uh, run, 17 home games into early May, what happened then when you got the official green light from the governor's office? Well, we've been working really for a year on a readiness plan to return fans to Target Field. You know, we've taken the, the brightest minds across the Twin Cities sports scene, came together around a uh, safe venue task force. Uh, we watched uh, major events transpire, whether it be the World Series last fall in, in Arlington, the Super Bowl uh, in Tampa, uh, even the St. Paul Saints with 1,500 fans over at CHS Field last August. And, you know, we've taken the the, the best ideas from all of those uh, uh, venues, all of those events, and have prepared a plan to return fans to Target Field. And, and we're going to see that come to life on on Thursday, and we're, and we're confident we can do it in a way that uh, uh, puts on a great show. Um, the Target Field experience is one of those things that's uh, um, very special to a lot of people, and we think we can, uh, we can continue to d- deliver on that. But we can do it in a safe way, in a way that still makes sure that people know they can go to the ballpark, enjoy the ball game, and, uh, and stay safe in a, in a world where COVID is still very um, uh, prevalent um, uh, in our country. So we're excited to get back going, but uh, we also know it'll be different, and uh, it's one of those things that over time will continue to evolve as we hopefully get more people in the ballpark. Can you elaborate on, on the fact that how 3M is going to be, a, and our great friends and partner with 3M are, are going to be a huge partner in the reopening of Target Field? For those that are still very much concerned, understandably so, about the pandemic, how can they know that there is safety and there are measures being taken by both the Twins but also from yeah. our friends at 3M? Well, obviously the Department of Health has certain protocols you need to meet, as does Major League Baseball, but each individual team has really, I think, uh, their own path in terms of how they deliver on that. For us, 3M has been a, a wonderful partner for many years, and uh, their scientists came together with our ballpark operations team and, and just asked, look, how can we you know, take this uh, experience to another level around cleanliness, around uh, trying to apply science to the way you manage the game day operations? So um, you're going to see a lot of their signage in the ballpark around you know, uh, uh, the, the protocols, but it kind of goes to, you know, how can we behind the scenes ensure that we're playing in a COVID-free environment? And uh, there's never any guarantees, but there's a lot of, uh, uh, I would say, protocols and a lot of activity taking place, a lot of it hopefully away from the fans' view that uh, is there for the fans' safety. And, uh, again, that's an ongoing discussion about what we can continue to do better in terms of applying uh, science and technology and really innovation for the game day experience to deliver on a, a more, I'd say, frictionless environment. Remind those that will be attending not just Thursday's game, but any game on the opening homestand, whether that's against Seattle or, or the Red Sox, about what they can and cannot bring into Target Field in 2021. Well, we, we have tweaked some of those policies, and I think the biggest one probably uh, is the bag policy, which has now been really 
um, um, reduced. Uh, the, I think a woman, a woman can bring in, somebody can bring in a clutch purse, but um, beyond that, uh, it's pretty limited. If, if you have a medical situation, you need some uh, a device, what have you, you'll be able to bring that in, but there's no food allowed. The larger bags are not allowed. And again, all of this information is posted at twinsbaseball.com. The reason we, we implemented those policies, Corey, is really about trying to make that entrance into the ballpark more frictionless, trying to, to prevent a couple things. One, the line slowing down in terms of ingress, but two, trying to really try to eliminate those points of contact between um, staff members and, and fans and trying to ensure that, 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 that those things are, are really limited compared to a traditional uh, time. Um, obviously, all ticketing will be mobile. Uh, at this point, uh, people will be seated in pods of twos and fours. Uh, and I think the other big change around the facility is it will generally be a cashless environment. You know, people will be asked if they want to buy a cap, want to buy a souvenir, want to buy a beer, they'll do so with a debit card and or a credit card. Uh, there will be reverse ATMs in the building. So if you're a cash uh, person, you'll be able to deposit cash and get, and get a, in essence, a debit card uh, in return inside of the ballpark. So um, all of this is new. Uh, we appreciate people's patience. Um, um, and you know, I think over time, uh, we're going to learn a lot, uh, you know, beyond Thursday and beyond all aimed at trying to make the experience better. Dave, even pre-pandemic, were the Twins going in a in a paperless direction anyway in terms of tickets, in terms of purchasing yeah. uh, goods and concessions? Were the Twins going in that direction pre-pandemic? Yeah, we were, Corey. This accelerated it. Uh, like a lot of things I think we saw during COVID. Um, but we were moving in that direction. And really, you know, if you look at our fan base, a, a bigger percentage of people are looking for tickets that way um, just because of convenience and tracking and forwarding and such. But I also recognize that there's a chunk of our fans who, who were not thrilled with that decision. So we ask for those folks' patience and understanding, and we're here to help them every step of the way to try to make sure they they uh, they, they get more familiar with it. Over time, I think it will be – similar to probably uh, the airline industry post 9-11, where you saw a lot of changes accelerated there. And now those things are just kind of the norm for all of us that, 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 that fly. I think you're going to see some of that same uh, change. Uh, we've already seen it in restaurants and bars, certainly in sporting venues, live entertainment venues. Uh, those changes, I think, are here for good. Dave St. Peter is our Sunday guest. It's the season debut of Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We'll take our first break, come back. We'll talk vaccinations. We'll talk fan safety around uh, Target Field in downtown Minneapolis. That and much more coming up as our conversation with Dave St. Peter continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. Pretty cool right now looking out at uh, Target Field, Dave, as we look at the opening day paint uh, being put on the field. It's already down on the third baseline, and it looks like Marnie Gellner is going to help out, which they may have to redo here when that's all said and done down the uh, first baseline. But target field looks great. I know that uh, so much has been happening. We touched on that during our first segment. But now shifting from the pandemic briefly to just fan safety. Obviously, we're all aware of what's been transpiring downtown uh, Minneapolis for the last year and change. What can you say to ease those concerns for fans who will be coming to a game at target field here relatively soon? Well, we, we appreciate that question, Corey, and I know it's on a lot of our fans' minds. You know, a lot of our fans have not been in downtown Minneapolis for a long time, and if they have, it's been pretty, pretty infrequent. And the reality is a lot of businesses aren't really having their employees back yet for a while. So we recognize the questions. Um, you know, we've been coordinating uh, really over the course of the last year with the law enforcement uh, authorities, whether it be uh, Minneapolis Police, uh, Hennepin County Sheriff's Office, 
Metro Transit Police, uh, the Minneapolis Downtown Council and, and Improvement District, all rooted in, in what can we do to ensure fan safety as we return fans back to the ballpark. Everybody uh, amongst the downtown Minneapolis uh, community is incented to ensure that people feel safe. So you will see a heavy law enforcement presence. Uh, obviously, we have that downtown during the trial that is ongoing, but you're going to see it in conjunction with Twins Baseball. Um, and and uh, I, I would say that there will be incremental ambassadors from the downtown improvement district. Um, we've worked very closely with the parking garages that are immediately adjacent target field to add a, a level of incremental security. So we believe we can do this safe. We're highly confident it will be safe. Uh, and over time, Corey, it's one of those things that's important for us to to return fans to downtown Minneapolis. And over time, I think they will we will regain that level of confidence, which is so really critical to the future of downtown. And I, I, I think for the Twins, we're in a unique position of really playing a leadership role uh, in returning people to the the, the first major event uh, that will take place in downtown Minneapolis uh, next week. And over time, over the course of the spring into the summer, I think the Twins and our fans can play a lead role relative to the revitalization of our downtown, which is so vital not just for the state of Minnesota, but really the region. Yeah, you're right, because, uh, you know, it was a gorgeous night last night, and Danny and I were chatting about this after the game. It was a gorgeous night, a Saturday night, a holiday weekend, and downtown, Dave, was just quiet. It it was just eerily quiet. You would think it's this beautiful night after the winter, and now here we are, lovely night. You would think downtown would be bustling, but uh, different times, and uh, that was not the scene last night. Yeah, it, it is a different time. But, you know, I think one of the things that, that, that hopefully will come with Twins Baseball, we we've know we've heard from a number of bars, restaurants within the North Loop, the entertainment district that will be reopening, so to speak, uh, around Twins Baseball next Thursday. And that's great because it means more jobs. Uh, we're going to return, uh, you know, seven to 800 employees into the ballpark next Thursday for the first time in, uh, in a long time. Um, that's good. So, these are steps. They're important steps. And again, uh, we take the responsibility very seriously about not just to return our employees and our fans to Target Field safely, but the, the benefits it can bring to downtown Minneapolis. Uh, that's actually critically important over the long term, and, and we're bullish on our downtown. Added with Twins President Dave C. Peter on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. So just to recap, the parking ramps and the light rail, those those are full go, ready to be used and, and uh, for, for fans coming to the games on this first homestand? They will be, and specifically the ABC ramps, I know, are running a parking special. Those those ramps have a lot of accessibility now because the, there's fewer uh, downtown workers using those ramps. So uh, the pricing has been lowered, um, and, again, we've added an incremental layer of security just as a preventative measure to make sure our fans feel safe coming to the ballpark. All that information um, you can find at twinsbaseball.com. Dave, getting back to, to attendance in the first 17 home games, the cap is about 10,000 fans. But as we move into mid to late May, into early June, is there a number that you, along with the governor's office, is it is it positivity rate that is the primary number you'll focus on and the governor's office is focusing on until you know you can boost that attendance number by, you know, 20 percent, 30 percent, 50 percent? Well, you know, Corey, we, we are in the midst of, a, I'd say, an ongoing dialogue with the governor's office and, and, and maybe more importantly, the leadership at the Minnesota Department of Health, who um, are studying this on a literally on an hourly basis. So, yeah, I think that the virus numbers in the state um, certainly are, are, are a key indicator relative to, uh, you know, when we're going to be uh, able to uh, uh, see the governor again turn the dial, so to speak. So, 
Uh, we have some conversations coming up in the days to come where we'll get an update on, on kind of where uh, the state's at and, and, and how the Department of Health is thinking about this. Clearly, we'd like to go beyond 10,000 fans, but we also have an understanding and a level of respect for the governor's office and the Department of Health that, that they're going to let us know when they're more comfortable doing that. Uh, I think all of us are very optimistic that over the course of our season, we will go beyond 10,000 fans, hopefully sooner versus later. But uh, I am optimistic we're going to be trending towards hopefully a full ballpark towards the second half of our season, and that's something that uh, we just can't wait for. That will be wonderful when we get to that point. Dave, before we take our next break, I want to spend some time now on, on vaccination. And some teams across the game have already begun getting vaccinated. Some managers have said even uh, certain teams have met that 85% threshold that they can relax some of the protocols. I uh, asked Rocco Baldelli on Thursday if there's a plan in place. He said it's looking like that will happen for the players should they want a vaccine. It's not mandated. Should they want it, uh, maybe on Thursday. Any updates on that front? No, no update. I, you know, I think we have a good plan. Um, we understand the importance of the uh, uh, of the vaccination. We also understand that uh, it won't be for everyone. So, like all of our employees, nobody will be mandated. But uh, I think that uh, we feel really good about uh, being in a position in the next few, the really the next week, to to have our players vaccinated and uh, and our staff. And uh, you know, that uh, that's an important piece, as you said, uh, with the hopes that we can uh, return that group to maybe a little lesser protocol over the course of the season uh, when it comes to travel, when it comes to time in the uh, clubhouse and the dugouts and the bullpens, et cetera. So um, more to come on that in the days to come, but uh, we feel good about the plan that's in place. Is there a certain, I guess, uh, pharmaceutical company that you, that you think might provide that, that first round, if you only need the one, the Johnson & Johnson dose yeah. is just a one shot. Do you, do you think that's the route? And I get why you'd want to do that instead of the the Pfizer and Moderna set up two different uh, you know shots over a three, four-week period. But is is the goal to get whatever you can, or are you trying to provide the Johnson & Johnson one-shot uh, vaccine for all parties that uh, that choose to go that route? Yeah, yeah, Corey, I, I don't know that I uh, want to get into the specifics of, of, of where we're at. All I'll say is I, I think there, you know, I know there's a plan. We're going to hopefully be able to execute that plan in, in the days to come, and um, hopefully it'll be we'll be in a position to move forward with our players uh, and staff who choose to be vaccinated, feeling really good about it, and, uh, and hopefully they're, they're, they're very limited side effects. So, uh, but I, at this time, I'm really not in a position to get into the specifics of uh, which vaccine we're going to be given. We'll take our final break on this lovely Easter Day Sunday, a great day to pop open a nice can of Killebrew Root Beer, and that's who sponsors our Sunday Inside Twins program. We'll take one last break, come back, and more with Twins President Dave St. Peter next on your home for Twins Baseball. Corey Provis back with Twins President Dave St. Peter. A couple minutes left in our Sunday show. And, Dave, I follow you on Twitter, and you're pretty vocal about a lot of things. And certainly something that, that comes up in your timeline each and every day is about how can I we, – we love everybody listening and following the Twins however they can, but we realize everybody wants to see the Twins, watch the Twins, listen to Twins Baseball – and there are many people having trouble doing that, watching the Twins on television. And th this is a matter that, that comes your way a lot, but it's really out of your hands. Am I, am I saying that correctly? Well, you know, I, I can appreciate the concern. I think the re re your references to some of the streaming services, which uh, have decided to drop uh, now, now Bally Sports North, formerly uh, Fox Sports North. So we understand there's a certainly a growing number of, of, of our fans that, that have made the – 
the pivot to streaming as their source of television. Uh, unfortunately, the, the distribution deal that Fox Sports North, now Belly Sports North, had with, say, YouTube TV uh, concluded. YouTube TV made a decision to drop the, the network, uh, which was unfortunate, and now those fans are left, uh, you know, uh, without the game. Now they have a choice. They could pivot to, say, an AT&T TV, which is a streaming service. I recognize it's a little bit more money. Or they could pivot back to traditional cable and satellite. So the reality is that most of our fans are still getting the games, but there is a subset that is not, and uh, we're sensitive to that. We voice that concern on a very regular basis, probably a daily basis, both with local uh, leadership of Valley Sports North as well as the national leadership. But really the Twins and Major League Baseball, unfortunately, have a very limited say in the distribution deals that are cut between private parties. And uh, what we can do is keep these things in mind over the long haul as our television uh, contracts uh, come due. Uh, we can work to try to create change that uh, ensures the, the widest accessibility possible of our product, which is something we certainly want to see happen. Hey, Dave, we got to run. Thanks for the time. Enjoy the game today. All right. Be well, Corey. That's Dave St. Peter. More baseball next on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.